0: to episode number 29 of michael's record collection thank you so much for listening i appreciate it in this episode i'm talking to nathan james of the band inglorious nathan is the lead singer of inglorious a band from england that has a fantastic album out this year one of the true contenders for uh, many best of 2021 lists and it's called we will ride however the band also just released a second album in this calendar year. This one's called Heroin, and it's Heroin with an E, and it celebrates the music of women. It's, uh, it's an album of covers, and all of the songs on the album are from women who have inspired Nathan and his bandmates uh, either lyrically or musically. So there's a, a lot of variety here. There's, of course, some that you would expect. And, uh, and some surprises as well. Uh, Nathan was very generous with his time. He was a great guest. I enjoyed talking to him about this album, and I look forward to bringing you that interview. So let's get to it. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very excited to have with me today on the program, Nathan James from the band Inglorious. Nathan, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you for talking to me, man. I appreciate it.
0: You guys put out uh, earlier this year a really great fourth album called we will ride and now you've got a new album set for release on september 10th which i believe will be slightly past by the time uh, this uh, podcast goes live Um, but the new one is called heroin it is a tribute to uh, women who have influenced you guys musically and or vocally Uh, and i guess my first question would be you know, on the heels of, of an album like We Will Ride, why was now the time to do this?
1: The main reason was because um, we couldn't perform, right? So we've been in lockdown for so long and we had to do a covers album as part of our record contract. And I thought, why not do it in lockdown when that's pretty much the only thing we were allowed to do was record so it made perfect sense to do it now we won't get this time ever again probably to do it uh and yeah i wanted to do something a bit different it would have been very easy for us to do a an album of of white snake and deep purple covers uh yeah but it's, it's something different it's showing people that just the versatility of this lineup especially you know this is the one the third lineup of the band now and the versatility in them in the musicianship is is quite astounding
0: yeah this this band you put together uh yourself on vocals uh Danny De La Cruz and Dan Stevens on guitars Vinny Cola on bass and Phil Beaver on drums and percussion and so basically what I'm picking up from what you just said is, is was this 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 heroin tribute was this your idea was this your sort of the germination came from you
1: yeah it did I wanted to sh- Everyone assumes that I love only those classic rock voices, you know, Paul Rogers, Coverdale, Hughes, uh, Plant. And it's so much more than that. Like, if you. I'm 30, I'm in my early 30s, so I kind of grew up in the early 2000s. So my music taste is, is. Different to someone who's in their fifties, you know. Although I love that music, and if you mm-hmm. saw my Spotify playlist, you'd probably think I was in my fifties. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I am influenced by all those people, and those people like Avril Levine and and stuff were a huge part of my growing up because that song was "I'm with You," which was our third single from this. That was our school prom song, you know. but like, that was like, that's. So I come from a kind of different time. So my influences are very vast, and all of my my 70s and 80s references come from my dad's collection of music and come from me investigating that myself when I when I learned about it, you know? Yeah. So what was the
0: first album that kind of, or, or even song, that kind of grabbed you as a kid?
1: This is a weird one. It was, um... It was Michael Jackson's Earth Song. And the okay. reason was because the video was amazing. It was him in the like desert and there was like famine and it was just the most unbelievably powerful video. And it's a rock song. So it's, it's big guitars, it's a massive chorus. Um, that was the first song that I ever, I remember buying on cassette. Uh, so yeah, probably that actually. Okay.
0: When you set out to put this album together, did you start with the artists, or did you start with the songs?
1: Artists. I started with artists, and I collected a Spotify playlist of all of my favorite female eyes. So I was adding people in there and taking their kind of best songs that I thought might work, two or three of their songs, but the list was like 50 tunes. <laughs> so uh i i then had to keep editing it down and getting it down to a more workable number but there's some greats on there that we missed that i'd hopefully one day i'll get to do that i wanted to do stevie nicks uh, i wanted to do blondie call me i wanted to do share uh, lady gaga there's, the, the list is endless really you know
0: yeah might we see a second heroine album in the future sometime
1: I know it's just coming up with a title, and I don't think more heroin is appropriate.
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, that would that would not probably probably be the best title. It's a fantastic collection of songs in terms of of the variety. Some of these are not obvious covers for a band like Inglourious that is known for doing that that hard rock style, and other ones are are you know some are obvious and some are not. I mean, you've got. Maracuda, which obviously is something that you know one might expect or or i hate myself for loving you but you start off by uh with a whitney houston song from the bodyguard soundtrack 1993 and it's people don't really think of whitney houston as a rocker but that is like i just did an ab comparison to the songs today and that, that song is a rocker
2: i've got the stuff at you want.
1: It's a rock song. It's got yeah. it's got heavy guitar riffs. It's got big vocals. It's got a really strong angry message, and uh, and it's got a guitar solo, a long one as well, which in a pop record is really unheard of. So, it, yeah, that and the other one that always um, I think shocks people is the Christina Aguilera song. Is yes, Fighter is a rock song. Like it's da da da, da It's a heavy riff um, and big vocals. So yeah, they are. There are definitely a few surprises on there, and I'm sure people would look at that and go, Whitney Houston. But maybe when they hear us do it, they get it. I think we tried to make it a bit more like almost um, extreme kind of thing, you know, that early 90s kind of, that's where we were trying to go with it. I think that's actually might have been their, maybe their go-to actually, might
2: mm-hmm. be what, they,
1: what they were trying to achieve when they originally put that together
0: so the uh the songs that you chose here we'll just run through the track list here we talked about queen of the night then you could we'll come back with 1977's barracuda that's again for a rock band like inglorious that's uh, that's right in your wheelhouse then 2020, the newest song you have on here, Midnight Sky from Miley Cyrus. And this song was is kind of, the original is kind of a synth pop song, but you guys really turn it into a, like a real serious rock song. And it's probably one of the highlights for me on the album.
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, it's actually produced by, I don't know if everyone knows this, it's produced by Andrew Watt. And Andrew Watt was... um. He was in a band with Glenn Hughes called California Breed a few years ago. Uh, He's an incredible guitar player, but he's gone on to be this amazing producer. And I think he kind of, when he writes songs and when he writes parts and stuff, I think because he comes from that rock world, everything kind of lends itself to being very easily transferable because that's a really, a song that shouldn't really work, you know? A Miley Cyrus song shouldn't work with... (laughs) Five, five dudes uh, playing it, but it definitely works. We performed at a biker festival the other day here in the UK and 4,000 bikers were singing along, so it, <laughs> it, it definitely works. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The, the thing is, I think a lot of people are are quick to dismiss somebody like Miley Cyrus, um, like rock fans, I think are quick to do that because of the, the fact she was a child star and, and kind of started off as uh, sort of this teen sensation and, and pop uh, star. And then I think what it shows is that a good song is a good song. And it just sometimes something's not in your wheelhouse because of the genre or the style it's in but it's still a good song
1: absolutely and it's interesting you say that because i don't think the rock world has a problem with taylor momson do you know what i mean who similarly comes from a comes from a child star point of view and is is accepted kind of in the rock world i think there is a more of an issue with miley but i don't think i don't think the world are ready to talk about that yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> um quick question was it important to you that every one of these 11 songs on this album were at least co-written by the the woman who sings it
1: no because i actually we almost did i will always love you and that was that was written by dolly you know that wasn't even a whitney song so it wasn't about that it's about what makes it's about who made it famous because the song is only as good as the singer that sings it in my opinion you know like, okay. Like Celine Dion never wrote a song in her whole life, but she's written, she's sung the best songs of, of all time. So, you know, it's it's more about the talent and the voice of the individual.
0: Yeah. Uh, after Miley, you went with Tina Turner's uh, "Nutbush City," a 1973 song about her hometown. Um, what was it about that song, particularly, that spoke to you?
1: I like that it moves and grooves like a train. It's just a never-ending energy song really high energy uh, I heard the amazing Beth Hart do it before with Joe Bonamassa and um, I just I love the song I think it's a great song and I think Tina is someone who really needed celebrating uh, because we're we're lucky to live in the we're lucky to live in the same time as some of these people you know like yeah. that she's an, she's an icon on so many levels and and she's been through so much but she's gifted the world so much as far as our talent so yeah we definitely had to do that and that song just really suited the band it's a chance to for people to get to really hear my rhythm section groove together you know Mm -hmm. like Vinny and phil in my band are so tight and you can really definitely hear that on that song
2: yeah
0: the horns tell me about the horns those aren't real horns are they
1: they're real yeah they are are they yeah yeah (laughs) how did that come about They better be, I paid for them. (laughs) Um, I was in the studio and we were trying to come up with like a horn sound that sounded right and our producer was like, this just sucks. Like he was like, we need real horns. Um, And he was like, okay, look, I've got these two guys. So the two guys came and did it and yeah, it's the first ever Inglourious song that's got horns on. Um, But it needs that, it needed that kind of, that that real vintage sound and it, it inspired me almost a bit like the like Aerosmith you know what I mean like that same horn sound that they have that just makes everything sound cool I think horns are cool I love yeah I'd love to do a whole big band album you know <laughs> like I think um was there a Slash's Snake Pit album where there were some horns on or something I can't remember I like that sound I like the big over the top okay. sound
0: uh I could envision an inglorious uh concert with the symphony orchestra behind you
1: that's the dream like yeah. the the same with like I don't, you must have seen the deep purple orchestra shows and stuff like that 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 is like my yeah my wildest dreams and having been in bands with orchestras i've obviously been in the trans Siberian orchestra before yeah. and i've sung over here with jeff wayne's war of the worlds which is a we have a 50-piece orchestra on stage every night so i i i love that sound and i love that feeling of being stood there in front of all those people it's brilliant
0: yeah so i'm listening to this today and i'm doing my a b comparison and i'm thinking those horns sound real but this isn't a band that does horns that's what that's what made me ask the question
1: (laughs) yeah not before we might again you never know (laughs) album album six maybe it's going to be all horns there you
0: go (laughs) then you go with uh evanescence's bring me to life and it's from 2003 this is a This was a a lot of the songs came from that 2002, 2003, well, not a lot, but, you know, several of the songs came from the 2002, 2003 time period, Evanescence uh, doing Bring Me to Life, and this one's got piano on it.
1: plays the piano. The piano is played by our producer, Josiah, who is phenomenal. I don't know if you've heard of a, a guitarist over there called Chris Barris? Have you heard of Chris Barris?
0: I'm not familiar with Chris.
1: He's a British blues guitarist. Uh, he's just gone down a much more heavy route, but this guy, Josiah, plays in his band. He's a phenomenal musician. and. He lives like an hour away from me in Devon, so I always use his studio. I've used it on all the projects I've done. Mm-hmm. I just did an album with um, Michael Sweet, uh, Joel Hoekstra, Marco Mendoza, and Tommy Aldridge, and I recorded mm-hmm. all the vocals there for that as well. So he's a real good friend, and he is just the most monstrous player. Like I've, a really beautiful piano player, and if people like that kind of thing, on the Japanese version, we've actually done a and a. a a fully acoustic live version of I am the fire by Hailstorm, which is just myself and him one take one time through. Um, and it's something that I'm really very proud of. He did an amazing job.
0: Well, now I have to get the Japanese version. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, one thing I had a question about was your recording of this. You just talked about the studio and it made me realize that you guys were in lockdown. Were you able to get together to record or did everybody do their parts separately?
1: For the first album, for We Will Ride, we actually did manage to get into the studio kind of together, although we weren't allowed in the room together. So it was only one at a time or two in the building. So two had to be back at the apartment that we rented for the the, like few weeks. And then we had to swap over. Um, And then with this album, with Heroin, the drums went down first. And then Phil, my drummer, was in the studio for I think two days. He did everything in like two days. After that happened, the drums got sent away to the boys. The boys did all their guitars at home, every guitar, bass at home. Then we came back, put the keys on, and then I did four days, four afternoons of vocals. So we did keys in the morning, vocals in the afternoon. Uh, So yeah, we actually only spent six days in the studio for this album.
0: Wow. It, It came together very nicely. You mentioned Fighter earlier. That's the next track, 2002 from Stripped.
2: Much stronger Makes me work a little bit harder
0: I have to say it's one of my favorite interpretations on the album. I'm I'm not a huge Christina Aguilera fan. I am in my 50s, um, so she came along a little bit after me. Uh, but I respect her voice for sure. And that again, this this shows you that a different interpretation of of a song shows you how good, how strong the song actually is.
1: Absolutely. And it we really didn't do much to it. Like If you hear the A.B., the only thing that the major change we made was the intro, which when I heard that chord progression, I thought, you know who would love that chord progression? Yngwie Malmsteen. So he kind of put that neoclassical guitar solo over the, over the intro, and instead of me trying to do some American accent saying the words that are on the original, I just I thought, no, we'll leave that as a guitar moment. Um, and yeah, that one's fun for me as well because it's lots of harmonies. So there's loads of stacked harmonies and it's really tricky to sing because yeah. her voice moves so quickly and all those riffs and runs that she's synonymous for, I'm not. So I have to, <laughs> I have to really kind of practice that uh, yeah. to get it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, um, the Avril Lavigne song is after that, I'm With You, again from 2002. What I really liked about this song is the yeah, yeah section that you guys had in there.
1: Oh, in the middle, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: really great um then you have the i hate myself for loving you again this is a rock song uh that you would maybe expect a a band like inglorious to cover 1988 from up your alley i think the drum sound on this song is huge from from phil
1: massive yeah and also there's something that you have to listen out for now is that we put phil beaver drums and percussion the percussion is basically for this song alone he basically played everything he, he was like in the room and i think we did one or two takes through and he would just grab something else and just start playing it after the verse then he grabbed something <laughs> else and then he'd be playing that and then he'd yeah. He'd be stood there and he, he was just having the time of his life. Like, I've never seen him so happy. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I think Josiah, the producer, took clips of that and then just looped them and changed it and changed it around. But no, it worked really well. And he feels an amazing drummer. He really is uh, a left-handed monster. Yeah.
0: It would be easy to just do a straight copy of that song because it's such a, a good rocking song. But uh, but the drum sound in that just takes it to a different place and, and, and makes it makes it inglorious uh you know in in nature you have hailstorms. i am the fire from 2015. and then you you slow things down a little bit you go with time after time from cindy lopper and i was i was half expecting i was really waiting to get to this song when i when i saw the track list i'm listening to the album and i thought this is going to be interesting to see how they do this one because i have heard rocking versions of this before the urbane is a band that has done a really nice cover of this but you guys didn't go for it there you went you went soft and you kept it very you know uh, in, within within the mood of the original song time
1: The original's so like, so eighties in production, right? It's the very synthy, very boppy kind of pop song. Um, but if you listen to the lyrics that she's written, they're so emotive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're beautiful words, um, and I felt like it was—it made more sense for us to do it that way than to try and just make it uncomfortable. And I, 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 yeah, for me, it needed to be. It needs to be pure. And I really wanted to show off Danny, my guitarist. He plays the most beautiful solo mm-hmm. in that song. And I don't, I think people who don't play guitar will not realize just the amount of feel and taste that that takes to pull off at 21 years old. I think it's, it's quite, quite amazing.
0: Yeah. I, this, my note from this song is intricate guitar work so yeah <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: yeah it, it does it's stand stunning. out yeah it's, it's a stunning bit of playing and um, I, I just love it he's what like I say it's about versatility I like that we as a band can do a Cyndi Lauper song I like that we can do a Whitney Houston song I like that if, if we if you told us to do a Def Leppard song we'd probably be able to do it if you told us to do we could pretty much as a group do anything and that's that's i think is really cool because mm-hmm. live that gives us endless amount of possibilities you know
0: yeah the album closes with uninvited by alanis morissette 1998 from uh, another soundtrack song um, incredible soloing on this song
1: yeah.
0: and it, it's just a song that's built on those four piano notes and you got the piano back for this one tell me about singing this song because alanis's delivery is unique she really kind of hangs on syllables in the middle of words a lot of times where where other singers don't so how was that more challenging than the than the christina stuff what was the toughest thing to sing on this album
1: well this one was good because we'd the reason this album came about was because we were doing this cover on tour and i remember thinking god people really react well to that um maybe we should record it. And everyone kept saying, put it on your next album, put it on your next album. And we weren't going to put it on an original album. So that's kind of why. So it was already in me and live. It's so powerful. It feels like, it feels like Zeppelin. You know what I mean? It's that big, over the top, just relentless kind of riff. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me as a singer, that's where I'm most comfortable. I'm most comfortable in that place where my voice is high and really forward and that, I'm doing that face. You know what I mean? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's where I like for <laughs> me. Um, so that was kind of easy for me vocally. Uh, the ones that were tougher were, were Whitney Houston, um, I Am The Fire. Lizzie Hale is such a phenomenal yeah. talent.
0: It's very high it's very you got to hit some notes very there <laughs> high.
1: and we dropped the tone of that so i think we dropped that by like a semitone or a tone same with amy lee and evanescence we dropped that mm. by a tone which jeff scott soto was kind of sad about because he could have done <laughs> he could have done his bit the tone up but i just i just couldn't you know like these are some of the best singers of all time like i i wanted to sound comfortable doing it and not sound like i was on the edge of my voice you know. Mm-hmm. yeah and you have
0: to save your voice if you're doing these songs on tour. If you're doing some of these, you're not going to be able to make it through a whole tour doing that every night.
1: Right. And we're doing, we're just about to start our own tour. We're doing 90 minute sets and 90 minutes of screaming up there is just too, too much. For, it's too much for the audience as well. No one wants to hear that for 90 <laughs> minutes, really. Uh,
0: so are you, are you doing, uh, you're doing just the UK right now?
1: Yep, um, obviously. COVID has impacted all our European plans uh, and anything else, um, and obviously Brexit has played a big part in that here as well. Um, which I was just saying to someone else it may be easier for us to tour North America than it is to tour Europe at the rate this is <laughs> going. Uh, so yeah, we will we will see what happens. Um, but I can't wait! I can't wait to get over there. I miss I miss being in in North America.
0: Now that you've heard how these songs have come out. do you have a favorite from this album?
1: I'd probably say my favorite is "Bring me to Life" because I get to sing with Jeff Scott Soto, who is just one of my best friends and one of the best voices in rock so yeah to be on a song with him finally is is pretty cool uh and yeah it, I just I love that song that song is my is our childhood you know. Same yeah. with Avril Lavigne, like you say about that 2002 to 2003 time. That's my teen years in school. So it's um, they're very nostalgic. When I hear that song, it means a lot. Means a lot to me. It takes me back to being 15 and being not fitting in at school and being maybe a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah,
0: music is a time machine, and so uh, you know Absolutely. it takes you right back when you hear that song. I, I get it. I get it you have been influenced by a lot of women over the years uh do you recall who the first female vocalist was that you really kind of gravitated to
1: the first female vocalist was probably it was probably alanis because Jag, when jaggy little pill came out i just couldn't believe what i was listening to i thought it was i thought she was the coolest person on the planet i thought she was so unapologetic and everything about her she was singing about things that women had never sung about you know like she she really did lay everything on the line and i really admired that so probably her and i think no one else sounds like her i don't know anyone else who's who who does that yeah for sure
0: she's awesome yeah tell me a little bit about your relationship with uh i've just Probably a few months ago, became aware of this group on Facebook called the New Wave of Classic Rock. So the yeah. New Wave, of, the New Wave of Classic Rock is um, it's a group that you know they're they're out to prove that the classic rock sound isn't dead. That there are bands like Inglorious and Mason Hill and bands like that that are are out there touring and making new music in the 2020s that is as good as the classic rock that we grew up with that you know you grew up with that I grew up with before you and that you you heard through your dad's records you know do you are you very aware of that group or, or do you, you know what, what is your relationship there
1: I'm aware of the group yeah and I th- the guy who set it up or one of the guys who set it up constantly says that we are one of the main catalysts for that group even starting which was kind of flattering mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't pay too much attention to it because it's over it's very oversaturated and there's a lot of stuff in there that's that i just don't i don't see i don't i don't see basically okay. there's some great stuff in there um but i Everything I like about music is is passion authenticity commitment and 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 talent i like skill i like the, i've i've been lucky enough to sing with the best guitarists on the planet um and be in bands with. With legends, you know, I've I did Ginger Baker's last album before he died at Abbey Road. I've I've been I've worked with the best of the best, mm-hmm. um, and I just have very high a high kind of quality control, I suppose, for my for my iTunes or my Amazon playlist <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think I think they do a great job at, at spreading the word. Mm-hmm but there's other there's other things that do that here in the uk especially planet rock which is a big radio station they play a lot of new rock they were a big support to us and we've had 11 playlisted singles from our four albums so yeah i think um yeah i think they're great they did a really cool thing actually they um they put together this cd i don't know if you saw it in there
2: mm-hmm. yeah um,
1: loads of new bands on and it gave the bands all an opportunity to kind of be in a chart topping album, which is so cool. Uh, that's yeah. a really, that took a lot of work. And I think they're all really awesome. I've What I think they should do is work at putting on a festival. I think they should put on a festival and make it a thing because otherwise it's just relentless posts yeah. on Facebook about the same bands over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Um, some, of them get, some of them get two likes and some of them get a hundred likes. But that, that group will not change the world. They have to be outside of the group to change the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The torchbearers are just um it's an echo chamber for them. Yes. They're they're telling each other about how great their favorite bands are, but they're all listening to the same bands. That they, that they, they're not spreading the gospel outside of the, the main group. I hear yeah. you, I get what you're saying. a festival would be phenomenal. Um, I know our time's short, uh before I let you go, I did wanna w I, I did wonder about your listening habits. You are a Musician, I don't know how much time you have to listen to m- music, and and I was wondering, you know, what your listening habits are like.
1: Um, so I live on a farm in Devon with my family. I live in an apartment on the side of their house, and um, we have twenty-two acres of land. So I have to cut the grass on my <laughs> tractor every week. So that's where I get most of my listening done. So I listen on Spotify mostly. And I will put my in monitors in that I use on stage because they block out the sound of the tractor. <laughs> uh, and I will do yeah, I will do the lawn, which takes me about four to five hours. So I'll do that once a week. Um, I don't like listening to music at home, really. Uh, I'm in a weird place now where I feel like, because it is my work, I... I listen to music differently than I did before. Um, I much prefer it to be live. Yeah, I would go to any live gig, no matter if the band sucked, I would go. I, lo- I, I like being in a crowd. I like live music. I like having a drink. I like seeing my friends, you know, I like that oh. aspect of music. But um, no, I don't just sit at home and put on a record anymore. I'm not I'm not that, that guy.
0: All right. Last question. Do you have a favorite record of all time?
1: Oh. The record that this this hmm. the record that changed my life was Appetite for Destruction. Like it I it came out the year I was born and I think it's aged far better than I have. <laughs> I think it's perfect i think it's a perfect rock album i think it's
0: so cool all right nathan james from inglorious i thank you so much for your time you've been fantastic uh best of luck with heroin and with we will ride uh which is a fantastic album it's probably going to be on my best of list at the end of the year the way things are going and uh really appreciate your time today
1: appreciate it buddy pleasure talking cheers man bye